Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. <laughs> What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday Takes on Takes edition of the podcast. Love doing this one, Kyle, because we let the listeners take control of the content of the show by giving us their hot takes, and we will respond to them like we do every Tuesday. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Good morning. Good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you are listening, and welcome to The People Show. Takes on Takes is all about you guys and what you guys bring to the conversation, and we have some good takes today, Joe. Yes. We have some some fun takes today. People want to talk about pass rushers, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. I would ra- much rather talk about the good players in good position group than talk about quarterbacks and talk about a bad position group. Oh, there's some quarterback stuff to get into here, and that's I guess that's just what happens when you talk about football in the year 2018. Uh, quarterbacks will be part of it. So, um, Any housekeeping? You ready to do this, man? No, I got my coffee. I'm in. I'm ready. Yeah, I have coffee. Is, We're doing, uh, they're doing this thing on a Monday morning again, which is probably yeah. going to be the norm moving forward. So get your takes in early. If you're thinking about getting them in on Monday, you know what? Uh, we've been a little ambitious here lately, so... Uh, you might want to get those in immediately when you think of them, uh, preferably before Monday. So uh, we had to, we actually had to ask for tw- for takes this week, and that's probably okay. We haven't told people that get them in before Monday. It's usually been getting them in, you know, by Monday afternoon. So little little little, uh, little programming note there. You want the first one? Am I getting the first one? What are we doing here? I'm going to give you the first one. All right, because it involves your doppelganger. Ah, I've had this one targeted for you because I didn't want to answer it. Well, here you go. That means I'm going first on Thursday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. 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 We got to tease that show concept, but we got to figure out something to, to right. determine well, that it's going to be good, and I want to go first. Well, we needed to figure out who's going first, but I'm not going to give you going first because that's a big, <laughs> it's a big, big decision. All right. All, All right. right. The take is from the Joe Show. Uh, Anthony Zettel is a better edge than Emmanuel Agba. Takes on takes. Probably not, right? Like, do I think – have I sat and watched both of those players recently to truly be able to answer that question? Probably. You know, I haven't. But I, I – from a, a talent perspective, from a physical ability perspective, I mean, I think you have a lot more there with Agba. But, I mean, Zettel's overachieved. I like that. You know, I think he could be part of a rotation, has some versatility. Um but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I do you have any convictions on this at all? Yeah, Zettel has zero sacks this year and 14 tackles. I mean, he's just a gritty rotational player, right? Yes. I mean, that, that seven and a half sacks that he put on the board before this year was just like a total aberration as far as I'm concerned. And like, so- Agba's not great. Agba's got three sacks this year and uh, obviously playing across from Miles Garrett. You would like to have a ton of production or at least 
better production, but at the same time, like Agba's a much better athlete. And Zettel for me, I, I watched him at Penn State and was like, oh, this, this guy ain't it. And then lo and behold, like he puts puts seven and a half sacks up in two years. It's kind of the thing you with the Rams and Aaron Donald, and like you just said there with Miles Garrett and, and Agba, like Sometimes I think we expect the players around these players to be better. <laughs> like there should be more opportunities right. created. And like a lot of times that just doesn't happen. But here we are. Uh, all right, here we go. This one is for you. This one comes from Logan Hidrago. And he says, Brett Rippett, Boise State quarterback. Kyle, I think you've heard of this guy. His comp is Kirk Cousins. Similar arm talent, mobility, processing, and competitive toughness. Hashtag takes on take. Takes, hashtag Gentleman Jack. You know, I don't mind this take. I guess my my clarification question is this Kirk Cousins from the fourth quarter of this past <laughs> weekend's game, or is this Kirk Cousins from, like, the last couple weeks? Because it's a pretty big, distinct difference. You feel like Kirk um, Cousins is like that one guy that everybody goes to a comp for, for, like, good processor, modest physical ability, mm-hmm. leadership. Oh, it's the Kirk Cousins comp. Yeah, I think he fits like a certain type. And the reason why he's the popular name in that, right, is because he's the most successful. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's been a ton of guys that have had average to pedestrian to slightly above average physical tools, a little bit undersized, uh, but they're fearless with the way they throw the ball. And uh, Kirk Cousins has kind of been the poster child of that over the course of his NFL career and coming in and taking over for Robert Griffin and being a mid round pick. That's, that's found success as a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I think that's why it's a popular pick. And I see where Logan's going with some of the parallels. So I don't mind it. I'm not crazy about it. I don't hate it. I don't uh, love it. We should do a show on poster boy comps, Zach Thomas, you know, (laughs) Wes Walker. Yeah. 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 Just talk about them all. We could do, you know, small, gritty slot rod receivers. There's like, we could go through each of the last 15 years and there would be one guy in each one. Yeah. That we're well, like, oh, it's Wes Welker. It's Wes Welker. It's Wes Welker. Keep throwing them darts. One of them's going to be, one of them's going to work. Next, Jason Taylor. Every oh, sub 250 boy. pass rusher. Next, Jason Taylor. Oh, Yo, man. chill. I got a Jason Taylor or, comp this year. Well, yeah, I know. And Michael Bennett, right? Oh, the, the, the tweener, the three. The, yes. The, Michael Bennett was like Malik McDowell was Michael Bennett. Oh, they all are, Um, right? (laughs) All right, Dalton Miller's got to take. I think Greedy could be an absolute stud if he becomes more consistent play to play. Devin White is a freak athlete, but has a long way to go to being a good linebacker. Rashard Lawrence is the best draft eligible player on the LSU defense will be a steal in April takes on takes. Dalton, my man, love it. This is loaded here. Um, Yes. Okay. So I'm going to have to deal with this. And we have three takes, in my opinion, to deal with here. Greedy could become an absolute stud if he becomes more consistent play to play. Yes, absolutely. That's the big thing with Greedy is those moments, those lapses, him not finishing reps. It, it, they, they really put a big wet blanket over what you think is an overall very exciting physical skill set. Uh, so that's true. Devin White, freak athlete, long way to go in becoming a good linebacker. Uh, yes, freak athlete. Um, also thought he made a lot of uh, strides this year in terms of uh, becoming a better mental processor and trusting his keys and getting after it. So 
uh, like the development. I, I, I like a lot of times I like watching a prospect like a guy like Devin White and thinking, wow, he can get better. You know, he's not maxed out. There's more for him to become. I think you get that with Devin White. Rashard Lawrence, best draft eligible player on the defense. Man, I like Rashard Lawrence. I think he's a very technically fine, refined player. He's really stout at the point of attack. I love his hand usage. His flashes, his peaks are really exciting. I don't think he has the upside of Greedy or Devin White. So is he probably, like right now, I think this is a good, kind of goes back to what I just said about Devin White, about there being room for growth. Like right now, is Rashard Lawrence maybe the best prospect because of who he is right now? Yes. You think about the ceiling and where these guys can go? I I think it's probably greedy White Lawrence. And that's no disrespect to Lawrence because he's a good football player. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man and men. Your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. Uh, all right, Kyle. If Brad, this comes from Michael Bohm. Right, and look at this. This ad is exciting. At Mr. Bombastic. All right. Mr. Bombastic. He embraced the last name. My, my brother, his name is David. Uh, obviously, last name Marino. He had a Twitter handle for a while. Uh, uh, David Marie Bro. Marie Bro. You get it? All right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I yeah. like it. Do you like it? Or are yeah, you just saying that it. for the sake him. of this no, it moment? it fits him. fits right. him. Well, back when he was in high school, man. Now he's a little different. Okay, here we go. Mr. Bombastic says, if Bradley Chubb were in this draft class, he'd be the fourth or fifth pass rusher off the board. What The, the, the same... Bradley Chubb that has, what does he have, 12 sacks already as a rookie? Yeah. What do, what do we think here, Kyle? No, I'm passing on this take. Uh, I look at you know the, the edge class, and obviously Nick Bosa's at the top. You've got Brian Burns, Cleveland Farrell. Those two guys for me really stand out. Uh, Ja'Kai Polite, Josh Allen. But if you think about Bradley Chubb and what the appeal is with Bradley Chubb relative to anyone in this class that's not named Nick Bosa or even uh, Cleveland Farrell is these guys still have progression as far as some holes in their game. Uh, 
Josh Allen took big strides this year as far as uh, his impact plays and as a pass rusher. He's getting there, but he's still a little raw as far as his pass rush counters. And Ja'Kai Polite's a little one-dimensional and doesn't flash at the line of scrimmage when he's forced to anchor all that well. And Brian Burns is 240 pounds. So I think the holes in these other guys would put Bradley Chubb's floor as the third edge. I'd probably still end up favoring him above Cleveland Farrell, though, because I think he's a little more explosive. So I would have it Nick Bosa, Bradley Chubb is one, too. Yeah, with you, with you. Andrew Lindbergh, if there are only three Pro Bowl spots for running backs, who makes it in the NFC? I think I've narrowed it to Gurley, Kamara, Barkley, McCaffrey, and Zeke. Oh, my God. I would go Gurley, Barkley, and Zeke. I got to cut two of these? You got to cut two. Oh, my God. I'll I'll make it easy for you. The Saints are playing in the Super Bowl, so Kamara's not going to be in the Pro Bowl. Oh, look at you. You gave me the loophole. I feel bad about that. Um, okay, Saints are going to the Super Bowl. No, I, I, that, that's not the spirit of what Andrew's going for. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to answer this honestly, and I don't have a clue. Gurley's got like 20-plus touchdowns. Kamara's special. McCaffrey, you might have 1,000 and 1,000. Barkley's been unbelievable. He might have 1,000 and 1,000. Zeke, 65 catches this year to go with a ton of yards. Okay, so, okay, who's definitely in? All of them? Uh, that doesn't work. Um, I'm putting Zeke in, okay, for sure. Um, he's got the raw production. It's there. Yep. Gur- I'm not overlooking Gurley's touchdowns. He's in. So now you're down to Kamara Barkley and McCaffrey. <laughs> 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 got to pick one. This goes back to what we talked about on, on the Monday show. It's like, good God, like you're <sighs> splitting hairs, man. McCaffrey's last six games have been so special, right? Uh, I'm going with him. I'm going with McCaffrey as a third. I'm wow, sorry. Disres- disrespect for Saquon Barkley. It's I had to be. I had to be. Uh, it's just it's your homer homerness. No, it's really not, man. My we're not keep pounding. Yeah, keep, keep pounding. pounding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, here, oh, this one's definitely for you, JT Olson at Icewater Olson. Makes me rethink my handle, man. These guys got some creative things going. All right, Zach Allen, the Boston College defensive lineman, is a better prospect. Then Rashawn Gary and Raekwon Davis. Oh, boy. Um, I like Zach. I think he's a surprisingly good athlete for a player of his size. Like, Zach Allen's super thick. Have you done his full-on film assessment? Oh, yeah. Yeah? You like him? Yeah. Uh, I do. I think he's weird, right? Like, Right. Uh, <laughs> that's where I struggle with him. <laughs> Like, I'm not sure he's going to be able to win around the outside hip of offensive tackles with any consistency. He just doesn't have the, the bend and flexibility. I don't know if he can hold up consistently as an interior run defender, but I want him on my team to be part of my defensive line rotation. He's Michael Bennett. Yeah, Base 4-3. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, like really, like, he's got fun hands and power. He's fun. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the boat that I'm in. And for that reason, I'm going to pass on this take. I think Rayshon's got better ceiling. I think Zach's more technically developed as pass rusher, but Rayshon's really good against the run too. And Raquan Davis just trades, 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 and and that guy's a really good run defender as well. And I know he can play on the inside and bang with guys. So I'm going to respectfully disagree, but I, I see the the thought process. Uh, I got a layup for you from Matt. 
uh, I don't know. Is this supposed to be a hot take, Matt? Valdivinos. Yeah. At least 17 of the first round picks this year will be defensive players. That feels like a slam dunk to me, but this is your take, right. so I'm going to let you take it. I mean, I, I guess I'd, yeah, I think this is for sure, right? Like, that's not, a 17 is not even, that's one more than half, right? Like, I mean, that's not even that high of a number. Like, give me, say, 20 plus or something like that. Uh, yeah, this is a layup, and I made my layup. I'm Marcus Mariota, you know? Oh, uh, okay. So let's move on from that. Uh, this is when you have to be selective with giving takes because you got to think about the one you don't want. Yeah. And the ones that you do want. Right. So you kind of leave those hanging. Um, I got some 2004 quarterback stuff here. Um, all right. Uh, okay. I'm going to give you this one from the flower guy, uh, Rose. It's it's Sal Jr. <laughs> That's literally his at. It's Sal Jr. Yeah. But I I respect. I don't know what's going on here. He's got four different flowers. No, I think it's an two, it, th- yeah, it's an iteration of a rose and two iterations of a sunflower, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two so. roses and two sunflowers. And at it's at it's Sal Jr. So thank you for the take, flower man uh, or woman maybe. Uh, he says Bosa Nick Bosa will do a Eli Manning and declare he won't play. For certain organizations, Kyle, how do you predict that? Well, I know Joey had some friction with the Chargers coming in, right? Yeah. But if Joey ultimately settled his differences and put them aside, it, I, th- I think Nick will play. Maybe he's thinking specifically Oakland or I guess Las Vegas, right? Like <laughs> doesn't want to play for he the would, Raiders. He, he'd balk on them? No, I don't think he will. But I'm I just trying to think be... of what Sal's thought process is and, he, and what certain organizations he would be thinking about. I, I kind of think that there's some appeal here for the Bosa family that he's likely going to go out west, and they'll both be out west, right? Right, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's something that they that they want to happen. So. I can tell you where he's not going. You're going to say San Francisco. Here it San comes. Francisco. <laughs> it's not a chance. Dorks won two straight games. What are you doing? Kyle Shanahan seven and one in December. Cardinals going to coast right in, huh? Yep, yep. They're going to pluck them right up. No, no. (laughs) We talked about it yesterday. (laughs) Wilkes is already gone. I don't know, man. Yeah, Yeah. they're not winning a game. So if if things hold surf, Arizona has number one pick. Now will they take Nick Bosa? They should. They They have to. They have to. All right. Uh, Take from. I don't want to give you the other layup. So I'm going to give you Luke Donaldson's take. Is there a reason we aren't talking about Rivers as the best quarterback from the 2004 QB class? Thursday night proved it yet again. All right. So 2004 quarterback class, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and of course, Bills and Dolphins great J.P. Lozman. Of course. (laughs) Uh, Luke McCown had a decent career, Matt Schaub. Okay. Um, so here's the challenge with Rivers. And I think that we've been very – this podcast, and I don't expect everyone to remember everything we've ever said. Maybe Kyle does, but I'm not sure I have that expectation. I think we've been very kind to Philip Rivers over the last several years of podcasting where we have been – we have praised him. We've talked about his streaks. We've talked about how he's underrated. We've talked about how he's overcome physical traits, a lack of. We've talked about his anticipation and mental processing. We've talked about how undefeated him to Antonio Gates is on post-corner routes. Like – we are the podcast that respects Philip Rivers. The challenge is that the team success hasn't been there. And that really does matter when it comes to well, the way we think about quarterbacks and where their legacy stands in terms of 
being the best in, at something. And so you have uh, Eli Manning, who's won two Super Bowls, and you have Ben Roethlisberger, who's won two Super Bowls, and Philip Rivers, who struggles to win playoff games. And I think you can certainly say Eli, maybe not the best of this group. I think that, I, when I think about it, it's Ben. I think he's had the most success statistically and to combine with his team success, which matters for quarterbacks in this conversation, but Phillip rivers. Yeah. I think, I think there's, I think there's something to be said about how maybe he has been overlooked in terms of him also being a hall of fame caliber quarterback from this class. I, I still think Ben's probably been the best when you consider individual success and team success. This is NFL Under Review, local experts on the biggest NFL stories. The NFL Honors Award Show was last week and one surprise when it came to Defensive Player of the Year. This is Bear Motter with your Los Angeles Rams update from Lockdown Rams. Aaron Donald would have been the first player in NFL history to win the award three straight years in a row, but it wasn't the case that the NFL Honors that award this year went to Stephon Gilmore. And don't get me wrong, Stephon Gilmore had a great season. Six interceptions, 18 pass deflected, two touchdowns. He had 53 total tackles. Stephon Gilmore won the award with 21 votes. Chandler Jones came in second with 14. TJ Watt with 10. Although Donald says this doesn't bother him, I see him putting this chip on his shoulder, working even harder, and coming back stronger in 2020, which is a scary thing for the rest of the NFL. For more NFL news, subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Any, any uh, thoughts on that? Are you good? Are we good here? No, I have some thoughts. I think Eli's oh. resume, if you take away, and this is a really stupid thing to say as it's coming out of my mouth, mm. if you take, if you remove the fact that he won two Super Bowls. Yeah, just throw it out. Throw it if out. If you just throw that out. <laughs> yeah. Eli's resume kind of sucks right. versus He's these other the two guys. You're right. You know, Philip Rivers is one touchdown pass away from having 200 more touchdowns than interceptions in his career. Do you know that? That's very good because Eli's, what, 130, 120? Uh, Eli has 120 more touchdowns than interceptions in his career. Philip Rivers has 373 touchdowns and 174 interceptions. What? Do you have Philip Rivers' career stats open right now? Yeah, I do. How many yards is he throwing for in his career? Uh, fifty-four thousand two hundred ninety-nine, and Eli's fifty-five three seventy-one. Both yeah. guys played a trillion games, right? Eli's quarterback rating for his career is eighty-four, and Rivers is ninety-six. Oh yeah, wow. And Ben's is ninety-four point two. So, do you rank it R- Roethlisberger, Rivers, Manning? I think if you go off just like pure ability. I would do Rivers, Roethlisberger, Manning. If you t- gave me resume, I would do. Roethlisberger won. <sighs> Flip a coin, Rivers and Manning. Three years Cause, ago, because you, because you can't discard the the Super Bowl wins for a resume. You you can't. But three years ago, you could pick any one of them to be on the quarterback for your team for one season. Which one are you picking? Rivers. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I think it's not that easy. I I have a lot of respect for what Ben Roethlisberger has done. Uh, but uh. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Super smart passer. It's super underrated because he's on the West Coast. Like, West Coast bias is real, right? Like, or East Coast yeah. bias, I should say, is real. 
I there's a lot of I, casual football fans who barely know anything about Philip Rivers because he plays in San Diego and Los Angeles. I hate that. I hate that. Like I said, I think we've been very getting. You know, I think we've respected Philip Rivers well. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, here's you get the layup here. Last yeah, one. Uh, it's this last one. Yeah, this is it from Joshua this Ryan Morgan. Now he teased this last night with some kind of thing about Tim Tim Tebow, and and, and I I. I, I, I <laughs> You wanted you ba- you wanted him to go down. This I wanted him to keep going. Yeah, you did. And what do you say? He's he goes. He's, he said, "This is Josh all I had. Allen. I didn't have anything else behind it." <laughs> he didn't expect anyone to ask any questions. He goes, "Tim Tebow or Josh Allen will have the career Tim Tebow deserved." And I saw it come through, and I'm like, well, "What what career did Tim Tebow deserve?" And he was out. <laughs> he backpedaled. He said right no. He said no. Nope. I'm not doing not that. I don't have any there. analysis to come back with. I just, <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to get it out there. Uh, so we're, I don't know what to say about that. But he did come back with another take, which is interesting, especially if you didn't think it was – no, if you – if there's a certain way you should think about this. We'll see. All right, Joshua Ryan Morgan at Fat Cat underscore Party Hat. That's a great there, hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, there will be – there will not – not is the key word here. There will not be a player named Josh Allen drafted in the top 10 in 2020's NFL draft. Did he mean to say 2019? No, I think he meant 2020, which is why this is like such a layup take. Well, I want, I want, I'm, I need to take this. Don't, a step no, further. don't, don't change, don't change the no, take, man. You, well, I want it both. I want 19 and 20. Will there be one in 19? I'm going to take the field in 19. I think there's a you, lot of. I, I, he's got a legit chance, but I, I would feel if you said top 20, I consider it a lock. You said top 15, I'd feel pretty good about it. Top 10. I'll keep it interesting. It's a lot, a lot that uh, needs to take place between now and then. Although every San Francisco 49ers fan that has bitched that I said, San Francisco has fudged by losing a couple games says we'll be just fine with Josh Allen. So apparently they've resided to Josh Allen in top five. I feel like it would be foolish of me to offer a bet here, a wager, you know, just because I think there is information like there, an injury. He for some reason doesn't test like we think he's going to. Right. Like, Listen, I don't think if, if you want to make bets on draft placement, that's probably something for immediately after the combine. Oh, well, thank you, because that gives me an out here. Yeah. Um, I can help you. Right. Thank you. And there, I, I will say, I agree with Josh. There will be no Josh Allen draft in the top 10 of 2020. You can put that down in Sharpie now. Lock it up. Is there another Josh Allen that we should know about? Or? No. <laughs> I don't I'm going to say no. <laughs> right. Very good. All right. Very good, folks. Thanks for providing the takes for today's show. We hope you enjoyed. Uh, Joe, can you please tease for the people what is going on on Thursday. We like to draft things. We like it to be competitive. And you're going to get one of those on Thursday. And uh, it's interesting because I think maybe Kyle has a natural advantage with this. But I'm going to surprise some people. So get ready for the Thursday show. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. Yeah, we're going to draft some things. And we'll tell you more tomorrow. So make sure you hit subscribe. Come on back. Get after us with your takes for Takes on Takes on Twitter. I am at Grinding the Tape. Joe is at the Joe Real. Thanks as always, guys, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.